When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yeah, yo, what's up, guys? We are uh, coming down to like the last. Potentially the last episode of BTB. Um, I do not plan on doing episode 408. And, uh, you know, God willing, we are trying to launch this show March 7th at the latest 311. And I love that number, 311. But guys, you are listening to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast Coming to you live from Scottsdale, Arizona. It is your boy, the Wash Lord, aka Back Nine Ben, aka Ben Baller, right? Not Ben Humble. Um, this show is brought to you by one, the only Dust Brothers. That's Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. Sorry if I'm a little disoriented. Uh, it, it is. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh, it is uh, one hour ahead here, and I keep fucking forgetting that almost every single day. But yeah, we're in Arizona. Guys, this could possibly be the last episode of BTB and BTB history. 407 episodes, guys. That is unbelievable. I cannot believe that I went this long, that we have had this show. We are still going strong. We are still in the top charts, and we are still crushing it. And there's nothing that can stop that, and nothing, none of this is possible without you guys, BTB Army. I appreciate y'all. You guys have no fucking idea. This is going to be the last fan questions in BTB history. That is a fact. There is no more of that. That is it. If we do questions, it's going to be me and Jimmy, and it's going to be probably a slightly different format. We won't go necessarily on the personal shit. And uh, I went to Easy Street. I forgot to talk about that. On my way to the airport, uh, gonna give an honest review of that how Arizona is so far. Few other things, man. Scottsdale is just such an underrated city. There's a whole lot, man. AK is back. Just a, uh, you know, a bunch of little things, man. So let's jump right into the show. Professional golf is cooking. The Masters are around the corner, and there's money to be made. Need golf betting picks? I got you covered. We got you covered. Me and my team of professional handicappers, a.k.a. the captains, are here to help you dominate golf season. If you sign up right now for a single sport golf at $50 per week, you'll get picks for both PGA and Live all season long. I'm even giving you an 18% off with promo code WASHED. 
Captain Picks has got you covered on all major sports. NBA, UFC, we got March Madness coming up, tennis and soccer. The captains have expert sport bettors on it. I'm even giving you 18% off with the promo code WASHED. Sports betting should be a team sport, so join me and my crew at Captain Picks for single sport or VIP sports package subscriptions. Just go to CaptainPicks.com now. That's CaptainPicks.com. Let's cash these tickets together. So yeah, man, I'm in Arizona. Was it Monday? Sunday? I forgot what fucking day. Right before I went to the airport, I went to Easy Street Burgers. And um, it's really confusing because it looks like for the whole time, if you ever drive down Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood, right by Universal Studios, you'll see Easy Street and you'll see Waffles. And you'll think it's Easy Street Waffles and you'll think that these two places are like combined. Then there's a vegan, vegetarian ramen place. And I've never had any desire to try any of those spots. The waffle spot was probably the first place that grabbed my eye just because of breakfast and the kids love waffles. Now, my personal opinion, I think there are way too many fucking smash burgers in Los Angeles. You know, um, my boy Nuge owns Burger She Wrote. I personally like that place better than uh, Burger Say Never Die. I am not a huge fan of smash burgers, but when they're done right, they are fucking done right. Right? I ain't talking about done Rizzo. I'm talking about done Right. Okay. Best burger in LA is a very crazy objective thing, right? And I've talked about this. There's no fast food place that I even consider. Like I will eat something that is a 610 and that 610 will be a 8 or 910 in my book for that moment, for what it is, for that price thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, for my palate and for what I'm considering. Now, if I'm going out and there's something special and I'm thinking about something, I have different. There's good and there's bad burgers period. And then you get to the tiers, if that makes more sense. So there's good, there's bad, and then we get into rating the real tiers, right? Now, with that said, there was a lot of hype behind this because I'm, I, you know, I've, I've messaged Keith Lee a few times. We've talked randomly shit about, you know, just random shit. And um, I love what he does for the communities, I am not a big fan of how he does videos. That's his own unique twist. You know, he's a good person. He has a great personality. He does a lot of good. So it's not that that's, you know, me saying I don't like the dude. I'm just not a fan of how he does his reviews. I like that other dude better I was telling you about on TikTok. But again, I have more of like that asshole vibe that I like, even though I am a good person and I'm a different person who I am in person than I am online or who I am on the internet, whoever the internet thinks they are. Because every person who's met me and has had at least a five, 10 minute conversation with me and we've been on a one-on-one -on -one situation, you can't just go somewhere, take a pic or something. And I'm talking about someone really just that, you know, I, I got to understand who I am for real, for real. Now, with all that said, I would give Easy Streets Burger an 8.59 out of 10. I met the owner. By random chance, the owner is BTB Army. No fucking idea that I, that, that was it. So I will say, the burger was solid as fuck. Um, one thing I love is there's single, double, and triple. They don't have a big-ass menu. I fucking hate big venues. I love that they have that. They got fountain drinks. 
they got add-ons, which is, I think, were like grilled onions. And I think there was maybe, I forgot what the other thing was. It doesn't even matter. The thing is this, if you don't like pickles, then, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's your problem. I fucking love pickles. They have a special sauce. It's in between an in-and-out sauce and a, a Big Mac sauce, kind of. It's like a, kind of like this sauce better to tell you the truth. So, burger got an 8.5 out of 10, 9 out of 10 even. Very rich in taste. It's a very good burger. It has a little bit more of a rich taste than Burger She Wrote. So, you know, um, Burger She Wrote is probably right where I feel like it was just perfect. But I also feel like a few years ago, Easy Street would probably be the better burger for me because I was into more rich taste. There's so much flavor going on in there. We're talking about a very, very good burger. Like, uh, straight up. Now, another thing. Just like I said, you know, people have different preferences. The French fries, they were good. I personally do not like crispy French fries. I don't like anything somewhat overcooked or somewhat well done. I like soft potato corner style french fries. That's my personal opinion. Now, are they edible? Yes. Are they better than In-N-Out's? Of course they are. Um, are they bad fries? No. I'm just saying like, I couldn't imagine if I had an East Street burger and then I had a potato corner fries at the same time. Fucking crazy. Would be amazing. But again, that's my personal preference. My kids love those type of french fries. A lot of people when I did the polls, they like crunchy and crispy french fries. I don't. So it's crazy. But I got to give a shout out to dude. If I were to guess, I think he's Armenian. He might not be. Solid dude. Price was fair. You know, I got fries, a double, and uh, and a Coke, and it was fucking great. And I'll be definitely going back. That is for goddamn sure. That was good, man. Weight wasn't that bad, especially, you know, you got to fucking smash these motherfuckers down. So that was really, really good. Um... One more time, guys, uh, the last fan questions is this episode right here. So I'm going to be jumping to those in just a second, and then I'm going to close the show out, and it could be the last episode. I don't know. I uh, want to talk real quick about how much I love Arizona. The weather is cold between like midnight and 6 a.m., and then it's just like the most perfect fucking weather to play golf in. So, you know, I played Camelback. I played um, Silverleaf, which is the nicest country club I've ever been in my entire life. And I've been to every one of them except Augusta. So I've been like all the crazy ones, right? Uh, played um, TPC. And um, we're going to get more into that in a little bit. But I just want to talk about how Scottsdale is such an underrated fucking city. I can't remember the fucking sushi bar I went to that my boy Matt King took me to. It was fucking, it was lit. I had a really, really solid unagi don bowl. Fucking uh, Dominic's Steakhouse was fucking incredible. Now, the funny thing was I had Steak 44, which is originally owned by the Mastro's family, the original Mastro's family. And if all those people that are going to Mastro's, if you remember back in the day, Mastro's was shit. You couldn't fuck with Mastro's. And then it kind of fell off. And there's some about Mastro's that just didn't hit the same. 
especially like I'm talking 2003, 2002 Mastro's and you know, well, I don't remember when they opened, but it was, they were lit. And then they did the Ocean Club, did all of that, boom. But Steak 44 is fire. This butcher cut Wagyu that I had was unfucking believable. But shout out to my boy, Christian Kirk. Get more into him in a little bit. But that was fire. The butter cake, fire. Dominic's butter cake was fire. Steak there was fucking fire. Um, I didn't get any seafood. I had zero, zero desire for any seafood. But just those spots there, fucking crazy. Um, was about to link up with Bad Bunny out there. I had, uh, he had a show and, um, you know, he wanted some jewelry. So there was a lot going on in Arizona. I'm going to get more into it. I I'm just like, damn, man, I, I, I don't want to leave. I dead ass want to stay here and just fucking just, you know what I'm saying? But I got fucking live tour coming. I got, but I mean, I could, but again, the kid's school, there's so many different things, but, uh, yeah, I love it here. And, um, I, man, I don't know, man, it, it's crazy shit. You know, it's it's just such a great fucking place. Uh, I want to say real quick, guys, Bitcoin is on the most aggressive bull run that I have seen since the pandemic. I will not lie. When it dropped down to $23,000, and it wasn't that long ago, when it was at $23K, I, last year, I should have copped some just because I'm fucking kicking myself in the head. I never thought, didn't think they were going to go back up, but damn. Ethereum hit four bands, but it just I just checked right now and dropped a little bit. Yo, we we witnessing a crazy bull run right now. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but uh I want you guys to understand that, you know, that Robin Hood collaboration that I did with IF and Co. is a huge step forward for jewelers all over the world. There are jewelers out there that don't know how to market themselves and align themselves with gigantic brands. I know a couple of people have seen what I've been doing and they try to copy it and I don't mind. I hope it's inspiration, but understand I have now collaborated with over a dozen billion dollar corporations with my logo on it. And I think that this is just a win-win for everyone. And it's dope because there's so much more to come. If you saw Kyle Kuzma coming out the tunnel with that, we got KCP coming next. I got Maxi, uh, Trey Young, a few people. We got a roster of people coming through. Shout out to Clutch Sports. And, um, you know, I really want to get into these fan questions. And um, so we're going to take a quick break, jump into fan questions, and then uh, I'm going to do an outro to end the show. All right, y'all. Be right back. Gronk and Brady, Pippen and Jordan, Venus and Serena, Kelsey and Mahomes. What about the perfect teammates when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch or online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind entrepreneurs in every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash baller. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash baller to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase. Yo, 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 let's go. Fan questions. Oh, man, it's crazy. I mean, we're going to do these, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like a different, you know, way we're doing them. Um, this is more personal, I guess. I don't know if uh, I'll get into this side of uh, this side of things, but there's a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to go through the best ones I can. But Jose writes, uh, hey, Ben, love the podcast. I know you invest in, in collect sport cards. My question is, what's your opinion on Pokemon cards? Would it be something you invest in? You know, man, I, I don't know a whole lot about them. You know, I know there's Charizards that are this and there's that and there's years. I don't know too much about them, man. And there's so many, you know. So, so uh, real easy answer. No, I'm. Just, it's just not something I'm. I'm personally interested in at the moment. My kids collect Pokemon cards, and there's tons of them. I don't think anything's worth it more than, you know, maybe a few hundred dollars at most. So, that's a tough one, bro. It's a big, wide open market. Uh, Jong Chan Sul writes, Big Ben Hyung, I was on your late night IG, saw you with the vape pen. What vape pen setup do you currently have? What is your favorite disposable brand? I remember you were gifted a geek bar. Um, so this brand is pretty much a wrap in California. It's called Hype Bar, Hype Max. And um, it's a flavor that is called Mango Mochi. And I bought five boxes. It's 10 in a box. And I'm down to like my last two boxes. So um, I'm probably going to try to find them again. And that's just pretty much what I love. So that's what I, that's what I smoke, man. You know, it's obviously a terrible addiction, but it's it's something that just, it's the only vice I have at this moment. man. Next up, uh, Brandon writes, Hey, Dust Brothers, I'm a big fan of the pod. I've been listening to it since K-Town Hustler series. Ben talks about there not being enough famous black jewelers out there. And I think Ben and Jimmy shedding light on that would be great. What obstacles have the guys faced? What obstacles are black jewelers facing? Um, I make content about grills and TikTok. I'm making an Eddie about video about Eddie Pline and his impact on jewelry. I'd love to get the guys' thoughts on this audio clip of my video. Brandon, much love, bro. The biggest obstacle is diamond dealers not wanting to sell to black people. It's, just, it's 2024 and that's what it is. I don't have time to look at your, your video here. Um, there is an email for the jewelry questions, which you might want to do once we do that. And um, it's funny because that email is, uh, why the fuck am I cold? Am I tripping? Yeah, coldisicepod at gmail.com. Sorry about that, Brandon, but that's pretty much what I could give you for right now. I got to run through these. We're going to be on here forever. Uh, Willie Kang writes, what's up, big bro? How well you uh, do you know Kevin, uh, the real estate hitter out of the OC? Think he was real tight with Jonas, interested in your guys come up in the early LRG days. Can you bring Kevion as a guest? His name is not Kevin, bro. His name is Kevion. I mean, you spelled his IG name and he uses zero because I think he couldn't get the actual O. Um, how old do I know? I know him very well. I spent fucking 
200 days out of the year probably with dude from 06 to shit, I don't know, for maybe five years. I don't know how long it was. He was doing real estate back in the day. He kind of fell off and the market went to shit, remember, and the big short happened and now he's killing it and, and good for him. Um, I heard he's doing a documentary about Jonas's life. He hasn't reached out to me at the same time. I don't know if he thinks that I'm mad at him or anything. I just kind of just, you know, don't really talk to anybody. But shout out to him and Alana um, and all the kids and his brother and that's fam. But yeah, uh, you know, um, I should get him on. We should talk about some shit. It, it's definitely long overdue and I think Kevion is a very, very solid guy, man. JL writes, hey Ben, I know you have lots of ink on your body, but you have no hand tattoos. Is there any reason why? I never really cared about tattooing my hands. What I mean is like, I wouldn't mind doing something on like, you know, the side of my hand or something. I don't want, I like how my hands look. I don't think I want to put anything directly on my, like my hand hands. Maybe something, maybe on my fingers. I thought about it. It, it. It's just nothing. And again, it was one thing that was, you know, if I wore a suit, I can kind of cover up shit. Now I don't give a fuck. I might even get a small little tattoo on the face. I don't really know, man. But that answers the question right there. Um, Gabriel Kane writes, old school versus new school. I know you like hypercars and exotic cars. Since you have a history, cultural lifestyle, new school and, and old school cars. If you had to choose to drive for the rest of your life, any car, old school or new, which model make would you build? I wouldn't build shit. I would get a LaFerrari and it'd be, that'd be it. It'd be done. There wouldn't be an old car I really would want to build. Um, I love a 61 Impala dra uh, Ragtop and SS. I love uh, trying to think of what else that just, there's an M3 convertible that I love, E93. I mean, E92, sorry. What are some of the, the I mean, I would love a fucking Hakusuka that just drove like it did day one. Um, You know, a 959 Porsche. There's a couple different things here, man, but definitely the Laf, if it came down to it, that'd just be the one, man. I, I can't pronounce your last name, bro. I'm, I'm going to try to. Jeffrey Igegi, I think. Hey, Ben, hope you're doing well. Just wanted to ask what's in your watch collection and which watch do you rock the most out of all of them? Uh, still waiting for a garage update. Really look forward to Coco Culture jumping on the podcast. Um, Jeffrey, uh, due to legal reasons, I can't really talk about possessions that I have because I'm in the middle of a divorce, dog. So I would love to you know, sit and talk about certain things. Um, I can talk about things that I got before the marriage. So, you know, that's cool. You know, before the marriage, I, I don't think I got my first paddock until I was 40. You know what I'm saying? So I can't really like talk about um, any of that stuff. Uh, as far as the garage update, again, it's a touchy situation because we're in the middle of a, um, of a community property and things like that. But it was just mainly a bunch of Rolexes early on. You know, um, I will say this, you know, I would say... 2016 or 17, I think that was peak. I think at that point, you know what I'm saying, I was probably at about maybe five dozen watches that really, I really fuck with. And I just really got rid of a lot of stuff. In fact, I got a lot rid of a lot of stuff probably around June of last year. No, 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 not last year. What the fuck am I talking about? I would say I got rid of stuff around June of 2022 when I dove deep into golf and I was like, I just don't really care. And Plus, there were so many things that were, like, amazing. Like, you know, if you paid, you know, um, $69,000 for a Rolls Gold 5980, and then it peaked out at, like, two seventy five, three hundred, it's like, come on, bro, how stupid would you be not to dump that? You know, so understand that that is, a, a unfortunately, a fucked up situation. 
Manek Bangdu writes, What's up, Kuya Pen? First off, much love from Vancouver, Canada. Come through and visit. Got this place called Lee's Donut. You got to try. All right, fan question. You wake up. You have 100 k to invest. Anything you want. What are you choosing to put that money in? Um, You know, bro, we're on a major bull run right now with this Bitcoin shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just fucked up because it's so high. And other people say, oh, you should buy high. No, dog, because there's going to be a dip. And even if it went up, it just would. You just, it just like, I don't, I do see long-term Bitcoin going, you know what I'm saying, to 100K. And I also see it dropping back down to at least 35, 40. And I'm being real. It's like, that's when you maybe want to dump into it. Other than that, man, dude, that's a tough one, bro. If I were you, man, I would just put it in something safe. I would put it in, you know, in, in a Roth IRA or something. Um, I don't know if I'd invest into a company just yet. Um, but there are stocks. I forgot what that person's name is. There's a person right now that's bumping like 82%. And I almost think that she has inside information. Why the fuck would you care, right? If, if she's been winning and you just follow her stock, but you know, not bets, but stock investments, that's the way to go. 100K is not something I would really be thinking about as far as that. Uh, it's a tough question, bro. I, you know, because that's just something I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, you know, 100K in right now. Um, if you could invest 100K into a golf course, I don't know what kind of ownership you'd have. You might maybe have 2 3%, but after a while, your return would be fucking nasty. Especially, nah, Vancouver got snow too still, man. I don't know, bro. It's tough to say because I don't really know what Canada's like, man. So globally, you know, wait for this dip, man. Wait for the bear run to come back in the crypto game. Gustavo Ortiz writes, what's up, man? My name is Gustavo. Been following you for about three years. And some change. Been tuned to the podcast since first episode. Look forward to both episodes every week. Only podcast I'm on because of the game you put on is crazy. My question to you is, if you had to start all over again in this day and age, what would you jump onto and get your money up? I've tried different things here and there. And I don't know, man. Some things are doing good. Like I started a trucking company. Have two trucks and it's doing decently, especially in this economy. But I'm a realtor and I'm always looking for more. How can I get started in the jewelry game? Thanks, Ben. Uh, have a good day. Hey, Gustavo, you know what, man? The trucking thing's definitely good. If you have two trucks, why don't you go get three? To be completely honest with you, okay? As nuts as it is, I, I would jump into golf. I would jump into a fucking par three course. I don't know if that's just too crazy, but why not start an investor group? You know, get 10 guys, get 20 guys, mastermind it. Think about some stuff. Think about certain things. I mean, bro, Top Golf is opening places and they're gonna keep going and going. I ain't talking about Top Golf though. I'm talking about a par three course where you have a little cafe, you have stuff, have a pro shop, have a range. Bro, golf ranges are making money, especially if you have a fucking course there. You know, golf ranges are making money. There was at one point in Koreatown, there was like seven golf ranges literally in K Town alone. Now there's like two. And um, Aroma's nice, but I mean, if you could find somewhere. Man, it's just it's just finding the land. I don't know where you're located, but that's where I would put my money into. I would invest in something like that where I know, you know, shit's popping right now. And get some get get the right people up in there, bro. It's game over. Get a few influencers, get something, you know you're gonna crack. It may, you know, it may take a little time, but it's gonna be steady and it's gonna be good. Uh Nicholas Pasquale writes, Yo, Ben, been listening to this since day one, excited for Cold as Ice. You mentioned you're gonna focus more on Asian entrepreneurs for the new show. Could you interview Richie Lee on the show? I think he'd be a good fit. You know what, bro? That is a great fucking idea. And do me a favor. When we get this shit going, I'm going to get Richie Lee on. 
um, Seattle Vietnamese cat doing it. I don't know much about dude, but I just know he does YouTube and and his style's killing it. My boy Chris um, Noah is doing this shit, um, and that's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely would love to get Richie on. Jin Kim writes, hello, hello, big baller. Are you still holding crypto? What's your opinion on the future of crypto? Um, you know, I can't really speak on the future of Doge. I have no idea. I just think the, I don't really mess with all coins except, you know, Doge obviously, but like, I would think the, I mean, for the base main joints, you just can't lose, bro. Obviously, Ethereum, ETH, you know, um, Bitcoin, they're just here to stay and they're going to always be powerful. I think Cardano is is going to do well and it's already going up. It's, uh, it's a crazy game. I just think they weeded out the bullshit. That's not to say that there aren't some shit coins that people, I mean, I'm not in that game, I'm not on Discord like that in the crypto space, but I do think that, you know, some of these things are bouncing back and, you know, fucking crypto, uh, uh, Bitcoin is about to hit fucking 65K, maybe 70K. ETH might jump back up to all-time high. I mean, ETH is going to hit an all-time high. If it hasn't, you know, I mean, it's just as we're speaking right now, it's crazy. So, you know, I mean, definitely shit, man. That was that was a good long hold right there. I'll tell you that for everyone. Michael Carroll writes, hey, Ben, uh, Mike tuning in from Australia. Been listening to your pod for the last two years every week. I always wanted to ask, what tips would you have someone who's creative, ambitious, and wants to take their brand around the world? I love fashion, cars, food, and creating a lifestyle around it. I'm on board with two of my homies. The brand is called Aaron. Started in 2016 from Brisbane. Made steps to Melbourne. I'm just about to leave the city to travel two places in the world. I'd love to make marks on is Japan and New York. Um, I mean, bro, if your brand is catching some heat and, and starting to you know get a little buzz... In Australia, it doesn't matter where the fuck you are. Representatives from Europe and that shit caught heat. It's just you gotta find the right people to wear your shit. You know, and if it if it's doing really cool in Australia, you're gonna have to go to Japan and see if it goes well. You know, make a um, what do you call it? A line sheet and hit some cool places in Japan and see if you can make some, you know, some people rock the shit. You know what, man? I don't even know what the fucking shit looks like. Mike, email the email again and uh send me a shirt, right? I rocked a shirt, bro. Maybe some people fucking uh, show some love. All right? Be easy. Uh, <laughs> Edwin Maida writes, will you ever release an all-gold ATM? Would be so fire. You know what, bro? That would be fucking amazing. Um, Aaron Levon, if you're listening right now, network, can we fucking, uh, can we can we drop an all-gold ATM machine? That would be fucking, I don't even know where the fuck, I mean, that would be, absolutely fucking crazy you know we'd have to do maybe 10 at most that would be fucking nuts i wonder how much those fucking things cost that would be absolutely crazy uh next up justin kanji writes ben what's up justin from toronto just wanted to say what tint do you use in your glasses i see you wearing daily glasses i assume your protection uh with your prescription but they always look slightly tinted wanted to ask what 10 percentage on the glasses you normally go with and wear normally much love from the six um i Everything I wear, even the daily wear, in my, my my nighttime glasses, everything has a slight tint. So I don't know how it works in Corano, but it goes to a one, two, and a three. And on my uh, oral shades that look like Cartier frames, they go from a light two and they gradiently go to a one and then they go to a zero. So it's just a gradient tint. I have some eyeglasses that are just a one all the way through with no gradients. And then uh, my um, Illest Eva 
those are um, straight black. Might be a fucking four if that even exists. Uh, Jason Castaneda writes, what's good, Tito Ben? As we know, Nike has completely fallen off for many reasons. As someone who had to deliver Thai food to these pricks every day, you can see the majority of the people on the campus are Karens and Kens, with the exception of the Jordan building. Just curious what you would restructure and reinvent if you had or head exec, because even though they're desperate for new talent, the hiring process, who you know, is who you know and not what you know. Thanks, Ben. Um, I agree with you. It is 100% um, goofy motherfuckers in there, corporate shit, trying to reinvent the wheel and they're not doing shit except regurgitating bullshit and just vomiting everywhere. Their game is numbers. They don't give a fuck. Once it goes to Foot Locker, goes everywhere else, they don't give a shit. These places are forced to buy their stuff. As fucked up as this sounds, I would cut the fat on a ton of shit. I would cut a lot of jobs. And that sounds fucked up, but it's like I would. And I would get that brand. Or I would literally go back to when they had um, HTM, which was Tinker, you know, Hiroshi and... um. Um, Eric Clapton and those guys, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, I would do a high-end lab factory thing that was dope. That really meant something. I would stop the fucking Jordan production. I would stop so much retro shit to the point where it's disgusting. And I would absolutely stop all this hybrid nonsense. And I would keep shit to where it was wanted, it was worn, and I would run a different system. I really would. They just don't give an absolute fuck whatsoever. Everyone internally, especially those Karens, are backdooring their shit. As you saw, one of those vice president's fucking kids was out there selling fucking three, 4,000 pairs. It's just stupid. Good question though, bro. Joseph Rio Freer. I think that's your last, is that your last name? I don't know. What's up, Ben? Congrats on the longevity of the show. Been down since Ben Blogger days. Question is, being from the streets at an early age, I'm sure you were... You were schooled by some real OGs. What do you feel about the new generation of non-black kids actively saying and using the N-word, whether it be Asians or Mexicans openly using it? Do you give them a pass because of the new era that we live in, or do you feel still it's a no-go? Um, there was a point in time, I think, maybe it was nowhere near as sensitive it is now. And I understand the argument. And I think it was way more loose in uh, mid-late 90s. It was kind of a foreign area where like people didn't really get mad, stuff like that. Um, early, mid-2000s. A little bit after that is when it started getting tense. And then maybe around 2010 or so, it started getting really like, yo, you got to chill out. Where I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, right? If it's used as a term of endearment, and it is, right? You're talking about black people calling the N-word to each other, and it's a word for them. Um, don't use it at all then. I'm here to tell not, I'm not here to tell them that they, what they can and can't do, but what I'm saying is it's a bullshit double standard. And there's some other shit that people may not agree on, just like uh, California, the state of California having slave reparations, right? And they want people to give reparations to people who were never slaves and have no slaves in their family. No bloodline of slaves in their family. And then they want people in California to pay for that shit. There was never slaves in California in the state. And uh, Rob Schneider said it best, even though I don't agree with fucking dude a lot of the times, but imagine paying child support on a baby that ain't yours. 
more importantly, imagine paying child support on a, on a girl to a girl that you didn't even fuck. That's what's crazy. So really what it gets down to is if it's going to be used as a term of endearment, think about the history of the word, right? And how they changed it. They made it a positive thing instead of a negative thing. Some people are against it. Some people are for it. Uh, it's not my place to really discuss. That was just my opinion. Good question though, bro. Stephen No writes, what's up, Ben? As a jeweler, you obviously have a lot of gold and in inventory. As gold prices fluctuate, how do you protect yourself from gold prices going down? Lastly, I heard in your last episode that people who are successful usually have prenups. Since it's assumed that you signed one with your ex, how she still be able to go after your assets? Um, well, so the thing is, with prenuptial agreements, it's funny, right? It's what you have prenuptial and not post, but at the same time, there's obviously an agreement. What you decide, you know, what they would get paid if the marriage didn't work and things like that, and that's how it goes. Um, after the, the, most likely in California, right, the, the way it is, depending how many years you're married, if you're married for 10 years or so, then there's alimony, you know, for, for pretty much the rest of your life. Um, how the assets work is community property. And you have to be able to prove what you own and what you didn't, what you guys can split, what you guys can't. And then, you know, from their point on, most likely, you know, if you start up a new brand, if you if you get new jobs, you get new contracts, they can't touch that. There's so many different things and how things work. And it's it's a really complicated process. Even with a prenup, it is very, very, very complicated, right? So... You know, it's uh, it, until it's done, it's kind of like there's a gag order going on. Now, as far as gold and inventory, it doesn't matter if it goes up and down. It's like gas prices. If I own a gas station, I got to buy gold regardless. Do you know? Um, when gold prices go down, business goes up. I don't know if you know that historically. And, and just it's just a fact. So I'd rather have gold go down. doesn't matter how much I own. Now, what's stupid is when you buy gold for a certain price and then, you know, you sell it for what it is, you know, but with, with our case, we have a name. So if you think about Gucci and they sell a t-shirt, let's say they sell a t-shirt for $600. Now you got another t-shirt that looks pretty chill. Might be decent. I ain't talking about like a pro club or something, but I mean like a somewhat of a decent quality James Purse t-shirt. That's $47. Now let's say someone printed something really cool on it. At the most, that t-shirt's going to cost like 70 bucks, right? Think about the markup there is. There's a markup with the name of the value of what we do. And that's why I built my brand to what it is. So either you shot with me or you don't. And it's not going to make me different anyway. Other, you know. Um, Jason Castaneda writes, what's up, Tito Ben? I'm an artist from Portland, Oregon. Currently uh, building my brand to Wavy PDX. Recently attended SneakerCon, Seattle to Network. Uh, handed out artwork. Got great feedback from uh, Staples, uh, Sean Kemp. Isaiah Thomas and Golf Brand Bogey Boys starting to receive orders and need direction on where and how to find quality, decent priced wholesale manufacturers. Being Filipino, see how big fashion is in Japan and Korea. I wanted the presence out there eventually. Dreaming big. Thank you, OG. Um, bro, there is an Instagram page called Super Whole Line or Super Wholesale Line. You can't miss it. You'll see it's the right thing. That guy knows every fucking thing that is right. And I'm dead ass serious. This dude is really giving so much game. It's crazy how much shit he is giving. And I don't think he's selling shit. I mean, he's selling his own brand, but what he is doing for people trying to start their brands, there's guys in those comments. Go to that thing. It's super whole line sale or super, super wholesale line. It's I think it's super whole something. 
It's an Asian dude, and he is fucking leaking the game. Go to his page. This dude is really breaking it down. And I'm talking about, he ain't just breaking down regular shit. He's breaking it down from rude, down to fear God, down to, you know, any possible fucking major brand. This dude is absolutely killing it. All right? All right, y'all. Brian W. writes, Hey, Ben, Brian from your Belinda here. Not a subscriber yet because my kids keep me busy. Anyhow, you've talked about your golf foursome before, but who would you make up your live team if, or of four if you were captain? What would be the, let the team name be? Lastly, what would you say your favorite three episodes of Behind the Baller are now that it's coming to a close? As always, thank you for your time and free game. Brian from your Belinda. If I had to think of a name, it would have to be the Washed Lords, right? It would be the, you know, the final boss dad, you know what I'm saying? The final dad bosses, you know, like the, it would be the Washed Lords for sure, right? And if I could pick four, come on, bro, that's just the stupidest shit. That'd be the craziest fucking, I'd pick Bryson, John Rahm, um, Brooks Kepka, and fucking probably Anthony Kim. You know, just because, you know, he's he's on live now. I mean, there's so many good people. I'd pick Joaquin. Joaquin is, is a stick. There's there's dudes out there that are just crushing it, man. It, that, that would be basically... Yeah, if it wasn't Anthony, I had to bring... If it couldn't be a wild card, it'd be Joaquin probably. You know, my fourth. It'd just be, And we would never lose. We would beat every single person on the fucking... In all live. It'd be crazy. Favorite three episodes? Fuck, man. I don't know, man. Bubba Watson, 100 million percent is up there in the top three. K-Town Hustler Series, 100%. Those would definitely be the best. That and the Bubba Watson as an interview would be not even close, man. That would 100% be it. Dan Talk writes, uh, or it could be Touch, writes, what's up, Ben? I re recently picked up golf, and man, I'm so glad I did. Best shit ever. I used to hate it when you spoke about golf, but now I love how much you talk about it. What's the best tips you can get a beginner and on swing thoughts? Because my shit be racing. Uh, swing thoughts, don't think about nothing. Think about P1, P2, P3, P4, right? Um, think about ball position. Thinking about your target. Thinking about where you want, visualize where you want your shot to go. I think that's the best thing. I think taking your backswing back as slow as possible, taking a pause if you have to, and just really focusing on not swing, trying to stay in the same place. I think uh, if you practice chipping a lot, you'll start to get better on everything else because that's the most important part. Um, it is harder to hit longer clubs, but it's harder to score on the shorter yardage, 100 in, right? 120 in even. Um, get a coach, man. If not, you know, I've said it before many times, Get you know, watch YouTube if you, get, you have to and just watch some great instructions. Just be careful on listening too much because you have to delete a bunch of shit in your brain and that can fuck you up. Whoa, this is a long one. What's up, Ben? This is Chris Gomez from Las Vegas. I've been a day one fan, day one listener of the podcast. I have to say the show has gotten me through the worst times and worst days, allowed me to elevate from some of my best days in life with that free game you drop at a low cost of free 99 For that alone, I want to show you my gratitude, say thank you. Now, my question is, I've been patiently waiting to push clothing for years now, but the overcrowding in the field kept me from doing it. And now the new bandwagon shift is people becoming independent bakery companies. So my, lean, my lane feels open again with opportunities. And what I noticed is the names I planned to use would still stand on today's game, probably because of the stories behind them. So to get what it is, what's some out of the ordinary advice gems for someone rising up from the ground up and not playing copy and paste with today's luxury street brands? 
I think that shit is corny seeing the shops on the strip care and stuff. I see your local town, Northtown Swap Meet. Looked up to you, Sponto Burner, for the successes and hands-on and streetwear and fashion culture in general because you made all your things that uh, matter in every piece. I was always will always be clean with the story and never sugarcoated shit. So y'all be the only people I'll be able to ask this to. I would have more questions, but hopefully I can make a meetup with you someday and get some more game. Thanks for answering this, please. Uh, I look forward to new show and future things come. Peace, G. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that was a very long question. But I appreciate the the love. Burner, I feel like he's just focusing on cookies, right? And he built the band off of cannabis and the culture. And then he's trying to do a lifestyle thing off it. And tell you the truth, he makes more money off the merch and the brand than he probably does off cannabis in this time and day and age. Sponto, I always loved what he was doing with Born and Raised. And there was such a great message behind that. And I think it'll always do well because there's such a legacy behind that now. Now, as far as what you want to do with this, you say you feel like it's opened up. I have to be completely honest with you. It is 100,000 million percent not opened up. I would say there's no joke, 1 million plus streetwear brands out there right now. You may not have heard of them. Maybe you have. There's at, There could be 10 million brands out there. There is so much shit. I just found out about Spider not that long ago. I don't know shit about it. And it's Young Thug's brand. That shit is trash. I don't give a fuck if he's wearing it. And it's that good because they people fuck with his fashion so much, right? And I see some of these brands, I'm like, yo, this is terrible. I've seen a couple things that look good and they're pretty much knockoffs off of Chrome Hearts and things like that. And there's people, some of this new style I'm not really fucking with. You know, it, it, that's a tough one, bro. I feel like pleated pants are coming back and some of this baggy shit, you know, and some of that style, you know, I, I have my own weird style. Dog, I would, I would tell you right now, man, bro. If it's your dream, then, you know, I'm not going to stop you doing from doing your dream. If it was me, I wouldn't get into it. And that's my personal, real, unfiltered advice. Uh, Samuel Sarmiento was good, Ben. This is Sam, a.k.a. Colfax Sam from Denver, Colorado. Long-time listener, subscriber, excited for the new show with Jimmy. I know you'll be here in Colorado. Will you have a subscriber meetup? Yes, I will. Another quick question with everything you got going on. How do you prevent burning out? I'm I, I, how, burnt out, bro. I took a year off, homie. You know, I didn't even start dating for a fucking year. And to tell you the truth, I never even thought about it. I don't think I thought about dating until December. You know, and there's a lot that was, like I said, there was a lot that was wrong before the public really knew it was wrong. But I wouldn't say I was burnt out. You know, I was just, not that I even lost passion. I had to do a complete computer reset. I ain't talking about turn off and on. I had to do almost a factory reset where the, some of the settings were saved, the, the general settings, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, and, and, and I get to save some of my positions that I was holding, but I had to redo a whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole shit had to completely, completely um, go back. The way I don't get burnt out where I'm at right now, especially with what I'm doing and what I got coming, is I have three kids, bro. And they don't take no for an answer. So I don't know if you have kids, but if there's something that's burning you up, you know what I'm saying, that fires you up, then that's what it is. But yeah, if you Google where the BMW championship is, you'll see where it is in Colorado. And uh, look forward to seeing uh, the Colorado subscribers, man. Fan question from Kansas, Johnny Chen. Hey, big bro, this is your donut man from Kansas, Mr. D's Donuts. I know you've talked about this before, but are you still thinking about having a platform, a virtual 
community for your sub fan that owns small businesses just so we can network and connect with each other. Also, how did you start connecting with Travis Kelsey? I really hope you produce the championship rings for the Chiefs. Um, You know, I think I should just start a little group. I, I'm, I'm seeing how people do it. I, did, I know it can't be hard. I see communities and groups. I see people like, oh, they have a community here. I do got to do something for businesses just so we could sit and talk about it. And that's something we should do. I have a lot of catching up to do because I took a year off. And I didn't just take a year off and need to come back. I took a year off and that took me four years back. So me going so hard is crazy. Travis Kelsey, I think, started following me since he was in college. Uh, University of Cincinnati, right? Is that where he went? And then I don't know what happened, but right before the first Super Bowl, he just started hitting me up. And then we became cool. And he's just a cool-ass personality, you know, personable dude. And we just started chatting, man. And I started making some chains and shit like that. As far as the chains, chains, uh, the rings, I haven't heard back. And I think that they'd have to be already getting started on it. So it is what it is, bro. But keep killing it, Mr. D's. I, I recognize the name, man. Much love. Uh, only a couple more questions left, man. I ran through these motherfuckers. David Shipton. Hey, Ben. This is uh, Dave here from Melbourne, Australia. Been a long-time fan and enjoy every move you make with success. My question is wondering... If you could upload all those episodes that you did of The Blast Show with Craig Anthony to The Blast Show SoundCloud account so we could relive those moments with some of the legends in the game. Since I can't find one episode on here, thanks. And I appreciate the grind you put in, bro. You know fucking what? Right before I got here to Arizona, I was literally on the jet thinking about me and Homicide and how fucking good that show The Blast was. Like, that show was so fucking good. I wish people could understand how well that was produced. Homicide is just such an insane fucking... He's just such a good person when it comes to things. And he, very simple and straightforward. There's a lot of more technology now, and he's really smart with that. And wow, man. Um, definitely going to reach out to Homicide and see if uh, we could put those out. Those, those, are, those are such great episodes. I know he has all of them, too. Thanks, Dave. Brooklyn A writes, What are the qualities that will be most important to you in your future daughter-in-law, parentheses, London Riders, future wives, or future son-in-law, Kaya's future husband? For the daughter-in-laws, each, actually, you know, the funny thing is, is generally the same, but a little bit different. With London, I need a girl who is going to be overbearingly patient and loving. He is a very shy boy. I think um, maybe he'll grow out of his shell. I don't know. Someone who loves him unconditionally, truly, and treats him as if um, someone who came from a loving family and treats London as his number one, meaning his sister, her sister, her brother, her mom, her dad have to come second to my son, period, point blank. College education is not necessary. I do think that some sort of not necessarily education-wise, but I would hope that she was articulate enough to, if she was advanced in high school and felt like she didn't need to go to college, be great. But more so, just the personality of her being a kind and soft person. More than anything, I think a softer person. London's going to need a softer girl. Now, for Ryder, I expect somewhat of the same for London, but at the same time, I don't expect her to be super soft I think more so patient with Ryder. I think Ryder's going to be a player. I think he's going to be crazy. <laughs> I just think that, you know, he needs someone, to, you know, to be his his calm. One thing for both girls is uh, I need them to understand that that um, 
the objective to success is not to give each other headaches. And uh, those would be pretty much, you know, the chill things that I'd have. I don't think I'd have a problem with them. Now, qualities in a future son-in-law, this is where the high standards come in. You don't know the standards and the pressure that I had as a man coming into a family that was pretty close and tight-knit and understand whether or whether or not, and I know that they still listen to this show and I'm being as transparent as possible, understand you can weigh all the good and the bad you want to. I ain't kill nobody. I ain't commit no crimes. I never really did anything. And when I say bad, I mean truly bad. There's been no adultery, right? There was alleged uh, infidelity on my behalf. It's cap. So let's go on to the good. Provided a home. Provided unfucking believable lifestyle from someone who had absolutely nothing to their name before me, right? From a great family person uh, I'm indebted to to changing my entire mindset and maybe be a better person in life. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is the obstacles I had to get over, it took a long time. I think it took almost five, six, seven years to win over the family, even though we were good. And they were always very kind and everything going in. I just think once the dissolution happened, it was a whole different mood set, which is fine. I get it. But at the same time, had I been the father, I'm going to be real with you. If Kaya did what happened to me in this situation, she would have a very hard time for me until things were right. That, that ain't going to happen. My daughter can do no wrong and she could do a lot of wrong. I am not going to let, I love my daughter unconditionally. I feel like if things don't go right with her, always go back home. I've always seen this little video. You, you, you know, you don't want to be, your boyfriend's whatever. Okay, cool. Come back home. She always has a place to be with me 100%. I have no idea what the future of Nick holds and, you know, I wish well, but I know that they'll be good with me. That is for sure 100%. Um, so with the pressure of that guy coming in, he has to guarantee that this man is not going to ever put his hands on my daughter, not yell at her in a foul way, you know, being upset because, you know, she doesn't, I, I, I get it. Let a man be a man. But uh, I want him to be a provider. I also want her to be, you know, a provider as well. But um, there's going to be a whole lot of questions, man. I don't know if I can really talk about all those on here. But guys, I appreciate that question. I'm glad I ended it on that one. Um, that is it for fan questions, guys. I am almost getting to tears, man. That's it. That is the end of fan questions for Behind the Baller, guys. Yeah, man, we are getting down to... Um, let me look at this calendar right here. We are getting down to... Shit, we got like a week left until we launch this thing. It's fucking crazy. This is absolutely nuts, man. So anyways, um, I love you guys, man. We're going to take a little short break, and then I'm going to say goodbye, and then... Uh, that's it, yeah. So we're back. You know, the last question on fan questions kind of got me thinking about some shit and thinking about, you know, um, 
arguments and things like that. And, uh, you know, I know in 10 years, maybe nine years, you know, my daughter might be going on dates and this and that. And I know Nick is going to be probably stricter than I am when it comes to certain things. There's things, and it's not a hill I'll die on. It's a gun someone else is going to die on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not fucking around with certain shit. I, you know, um, I see anyone acting slick. They not just getting it. Their parents are getting it. Um, but when I think about some of the back and forth that's going on in golf and in politics and so many different things, whether it be Trump versus Biden, fucking Taylor Gooch versus Rory and all these other stupid things just going on. It's like, look, sometimes you have to understand when there's an L, be someone disrespecting your girl, eight guys, you ain't got no gun. Think about the best situation just to get out of it. Fuck the internet. Fuck what everyone else thinks. You know, fuck what the trolls think. There are real true losers, like I said before, that follow people and just have no other lie. They, they're miserable. I troll as well. I, it comes from no place of hate. It will come from more place of realness. And um, it just got me thinking about something that I saw. It was, if you fight with a pig, you're both going to get muddy and the pig will like that. So choose your battles, guys. Okay? Don't get into a game where both parties lose. And what I mean is, you get in somewhere, you know it's an L situation, you could leave and everyone just kind of like, fuck it, who cares? Otherwise, you go in there, maybe you get jumped, now you come back, you have somebody shot or whatever the fuck it is, they get beat up and it goes and just becomes a circle of fuckery just becomes a double L. Everyone loses. It's just stupid. Don't get into a fucking fight with the pig. Enough said. Now, my dog AK is back. For those of you who know me, obviously know I've been talking about this in private for a while now. He needed a few months to get ready and prepare, get with his coach. He needed to have surgery on a few things and get some things going. He is a Jetta. Uh, he's been in Dubai for a couple weeks. And I'm excited for him. Um, he is playing as we speak right now. The exciting thing is he's playing an entire Titleist bag. He's got tireless irons. He's got tireless woods. He's playing a TSR driver. He's got Vokey wedges, which is obviously Titleist. And of course, his ever so legendary, trusted Scotty Cameron circle tee putter. The one, yes, that he made 11 birdies with at the Masters. The over-under is 73 for what he's going to shoot. I honestly think he's going to fucking shoot below par. I'm hoping for a 68. We'll see. He's repping that vessel bag. You already know. Shout out to fucking Ronnie and uh, my dog Richard, the whole team at Vessel. Um, we got some heat coming for y'all. When you see these gloves that I'm doing with Vessel, that is a guaranteed sellout. When you see these shoe bags that were supposed to drop last year, but the divorce fucked all that up. Wash Lord Invitational is literally just two months away now. We're like 60 some odd days out, guys. It is getting fucking real deal. Cannot wait to watch. I'm supposed to be in Jeddah because AK and all that stuff, but um, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Hong Kong. I got a lot going on here that I need to handle. And uh, I also have a situation here for someone who uh, um, I like a lot and uh, they're leaving soon. So that is kind of something that I'm thinking, you know, about. I'm not stopping my life over anybody, but, you know, it's something to think about. Speaking of live, 
there are some serious, serious rumors right now of Rory McElroy coming to live. Now, the crazy part is the deal's already been offered. And it's already in his lap. And it's been in his lap. Not for like months or nothing like that. Maybe a week or two. And for those you don't know, Roy and Tiger Woods have been beefing for a while. It's not super publicly known, but they haven't been, I don't think they have been really friends for at least two months now. Maybe longer. And this is something serious because Roy's considering, obviously, because he hasn't said no. I think he's considering it to a higher level. Maybe he's using it to leverage the PGA. I don't know. But I will say, if Rory does sign with Liv right after the Masters, it's game fucking over. Like, I'm talking, that will be the game over. That Rom already, boom, but this will be the, this will be the one that Hideki's like, yep, yeah, sorry, Tiger, fuck you, I'm out. Scheffler, yep, yeah, sorry, Tiger, I'm out. And then there'll just be no fucking stars left at the PGA Tour. And it is what it is, man. You know, when you got a shitty dude like fucking Pat Monahan fucking running your company, it's, it is what it is, man. But back to Arizona, guys. Golf is so pure out here. Desert golf is wide open. You know, the greens won fast. It's still just, just amazing. Shit is so much cheaper here. What you can get for under a million dollars for a house out here is nutso. Okay. And what you can get for three million is even crazier. What you can get for five is absolutely ignorant. And uh, my boy Jock Peterson has been building a house out here for three years. Odell Beckham just moved out here. My man Bo Bo, my nephew, he's, he's like, yo, bro, what's up? Oh, how come you ain't tap in? You know? But I got to give a big shout out to Matt Kang. This is my Korean Dong Sang, who I finally connect with in person, who's originally from Canada, Korean blood, been watching me since the LRG days, super in tune with shit. His objective is to shrink the game of golf. And I mean that in the best positive way. When you got goofies like uh, Matt or Mate NYC or, you know, people like Hype Golf and, and shitty ass fucking dumbass fucking people out there. Oh, fuck you. You're just, you're just new into the game. Let me tell you one thing about what the fuck I'm not new in though. I am not new in streetwear and I'm not new in what you guys are trying to do with the crossover from streetwear into golfwear. That's where y'all are wrong. Because we made golfwear at LRG. So don't talk about what the fuck is going on because you're talking about fashion now. You're talking about a lane that I've been in for two decades. And not just two decades, two decades strong. We're talking about a quarter billion dollar brand that we started from 25 grand and my boy did in his backyard and shit that we did and things that I did that were iconic in the, in the fashion game and goofy motherfuckers that I know that I've always been outside looking in, looking weird. And I think like, because Maubon will entertain them and stuff you know, they have their little thing. And that's cool. Steven, I love him to death. He could be cool with these people here and there. But I just feel like where Matt is, he's coming from such an unfiltered, amazing place that I fucking love this dude. And he knows so fucking much. And he is so connected all the way up to a John Rahm, Devin Booker and these people and Mira and the fucking best bands in golf. And he has curated such an amazing fucking position to be in right now that I'm excited for Matt and I don't know when he leaves for the PGA Tour Japan because he just had a kid but let me say playing with Matt and his dad was just fucking amazing they're just it was, it was such a cool experience to chill with him 
and really see, you know, and he has an ugly ass swing. I have an ugly ass swing. That motherfucker's a stick. Motherfucker will shoot 65 on you any day of the week. It's just crazy. But, you know, um, Silverleaf is 100% the nicest country club I've been to. It makes Riviera look like the ghetto. It makes some of these Hampton country clubs I've been to like the ghetto. Rich Harvest Farms, ghetto. Las Vegas Country Club, ghetto. LACC, ghetto. Hillcrest, ghetto. Bel Air Country Club, ghetto. Yes, I said Bel Air Country Club, ghetto. As far as the course, I love both in two different ways, but this place is absolutely pure. As far as how it's kept, you can't even compare it. You could not, this is manicured like fucking Augusta is. This is manicured like a Japanese private country club. They had comfort stations in two different areas. And you walk in there, that is a full bar that you would see. And when I'm talking about a bar, I'm talking about a bar you would see at fucking Hyde or at fucking One Oak. This was a full bar, not just a full bar. They had an entire bar of five, six different coconut waters. Every soda you could think of, Mexican Cokes, peanut butter jelly sandwiches pre-wrapped, yogurt, parfait, every candy bar on earth that you could imagine, every gummy candy you could imagine, Every possible bomb-flavored potato chips you could think of. Anything you could think of to fucking... I mean, it was like two miniature 7-Elevens inside the place. Now, the restaurant? Ridiculous. Stupid. Insane level food. The pro shop? Uh, the owner of this country club's name is Ben Herman. Legend. Billionaire. Stick golfer. We're going to get back to him in one second. He is one of Michael Jordan's closest homies. They go fish and golf together. When Michael Jordan has his member guest, uh, you know, tournaments, Ben is his guest. Ben's a billionaire, owns Silverleaf, bought the land, created the most fucking incredible fucking place. So this is a Jordan brand sponsored course, meaning they have Jordan brand shit in the pro shop for real, for real. Not like Grove 23, but serious shit. And I went in there and went crazy. This is fucking top tier, snobby, Hard to get into. John Rom's a member. Pat Perez is a member. Pat Perez has invited me a few times. I'm fucking, was so fucking grateful to go there to play. Ben Herman is an absolute legend. Pulls up in fucking flip flops. I don't want to talk about how big the dude is. He's a bigger dude. He is an absolute beast and will bet you for anything. He has bet caddies there and made them tattoo his name on them. He bet a club employee there who's good and made him wear a dress to dinner. This dude is an absolute legend. Just so you know, I hit John Rahm up and I said, Rahm, what's up with this dude, Ben Herman? Give me a breakdown on him. And he goes, homie, whatever you do, don't bet him. Ask for 30 strokes. I'm like, come on, dog. Ben. Not me, Ben. Not, not him, Ben, but me, Ben. He goes, Ben, I'm telling you, he has beat me several times. And I was like, God damn. How many strokes did you give him? You know what John Rahm said? None. That's how good this dude Ben Herman is. Ben Herman has beat John Rahm. He's beat fucking Pat Perez. He's beat a bunch of other tour pros. I ain't going to put out there like that. Straight up. He could literally be on the tour and he's in his 40s. And the reason why he wasn't is because he says, it, I don't want to take a pay cut. Dude lives an amazing life. He's built an incredible club. The fucking greens last week for the member player guest tournament was running 13 and a half. That's faster than Augusta. They were running 12, 12 and a half when I was there. 
It is challenging. It was fun. I didn't give a fuck about the score. I shot some great shots. Played with my boy Christian Kirk from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I made his engagement ring, making his wedding rings. I had a lot of business to go out there. Solid dude. Me and him had dinner at, at Steak 44. We had a really long talk. Got to meet his fiance, future wife. And I really aligned with dude's beliefs in life and everything. But I got to give a shout out to Christian Kirk. I got to thank Ben Herman. Um, thank Silverleaf Country Club. Uh, Jackie, Cody, um, the caddies. And just uh, had a great fucking time. Matt Kang, you and your dad. Fucking awesome, man. Arizona was just a fucking vibe. And I am dreading going back home, but I'm actually excited to see my special friend. Now, last but not least, I watched the match. Rose Zhang and Max Homa versus uh, Lexi Thompson and uh, Rory McIlroy. And uh, it was probably the worst fucking match that I've ever watched. I've only watched four of them. It was really fucking bad. The real match that people want to see is maybe fucking... Tiger and Scotty versus John and Phil Mickelson. Okay. All right. That'd be a great fucking match. All right. If not that, get fucking a 5v5 live versus PGA Tour match. This match was fucking awful. And DJ Khaled was fucking horrible. Sorry, man. It's just the truth. And just the delusion and the other shit. It was just a fucking bad situation. I don't fucking know. But uh, I will be back in Arizona soon. I got to give a big shout out to the subscribers. The subscriber meetup was fucking awesome. And I had a great time kicking it with everyone. I just, man, it was way more personal. It was only five guys. So we got to really chill and vibe out and just have a good time. And that meant a lot. And I will be coming out to Arizona more often. Definitely at least every couple months. And um, guys, once again, man, if this is the last episode of Behind the Baller, because um, I think we are going to skip Monday's episode to prep for Cold as Ice, I got to say, I'm fucking honored. I am so honored to give you guys 407 episodes of my life, of me spitting in this microphone. What you guys call free game, I call you pouring out knowledge from my heart, from the dome piece, straight into the microphone. You guys have heard pretty much Kaya grew up for over half her life through this microphone. And, you know, you've seen me go from highs to lows. I called the pandemic. You see me go through a fucking divorce. It's crazy shit, man. But new horizons, new goals, I see a lot of sunshine, natural light coming through on the other side of the tunnel, man. It has been an amazing fucking run, guys. If we do do an episode Monday, I assume it's going to be very short. But if not, salute. I love y'all. Welcome. Cold as ice. Lakey Lake. Take us out of here. I love you, bro. All right, y'all. Peace.